This is episode 192 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 192 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have Josh Perez on the show. I've had Jacob Perez, Josh's brother, on before. I've also had Abdella Majd recently on the podcast, who is one of Josh's business partners. So I had Josh on, and it was not even intentional. I didn't realize those guys were all partnered together uh, before I had Abdella on the last episode. But we talked about uh, some of the deals that Josh has going on, um, the business that Josh is in. He's in the mortgage business, has his own brokerage with Jacob. Really, today was a focus on entrepreneurship and the entrepreneurial mindset, how we adapt to situations, how we adapt to the market, um, how we win. Um, Of course, we touched on the specifics, too. We talked about some of the projects that he's working on. And we also talked about uh, Florida and what he's doing down there. Uh, Why Naples? Why Southwest Florida? Um, The things that we like about those markets, Uh, especially as Canadians who maybe we want that little bit of a political hedge to get some money outside of Canada, just in case we don't like what's happening here. For myself personally, I think that that's extremely important. And I'm really glad that I do have investments down there. Uh, So that's something we talked about on today's episode. And uh, it was really great conversation. Uh, I really do enjoy uh, speaking with Josh. So just before we get into today's episode, I just want to ask you to hit the like and subscribe button, uh, leave a five-star review if you're enjoying this uh, podcast, and uh, it'll just help more people to find the show. And if you're new to real estate investing, um, as always, I'll recommend that you go right back to episode one and work your way through this podcast. You don't have to go through them all, but the first you know, 20 episodes are very foundational. And then, of course, you can come back to the more current episodes. Uh, but for those, there have been many that have gone through all of them. I know that they've picked up a lot of gold nuggets over the years. Uh, so without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into episode 192 with Josh Perez. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I've got Josh Perez here and uh, long overdue. We've known each other for a while, although yeah. we just kind of chatted in passing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming over. No, thanks for having me, Andrew. I've, uh, I've tuned into your podcast for quite a while. I know a lot of kind of the guests you have here and you're providing like a lot of great content for a lot of different people involved in real estate and, mm-hmm. and development. So yeah, it's excited to be, be a part of it. Hopefully I can add some value to, to your audience. Cool, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I've had a couple of your business partners on in the past. So your brother has been on yeah. a couple of times and uh, Abdella Majd. Yes. If I'm saying that right. Yeah. Uh, yeah he was just good. on pretty recently. So, um, yeah, I wanted to have a chat with you before. I didn't even realize you guys were partnered. And uh, so we chatted a little bit about some of your Florida stuff, but we're mm-hmm. going to touch on that and what you're up to uh, as a real estate investor. So uh, do you want to just start by kind of giving me the lowdown as to uh, what you do? Yeah. So uh, again, thanks for having me. Uh, just kind of going back to yeah, real estate investing and mm-hmm. and you know, kind of by day, I'm a, a mortgage broker partner at Synergy Mortgage Group. Mm-hmm. Um, we we built that brokerage and started it. Well, the building really yeah. started in 2015, but um, 2020 we actually opened up and 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 kind of obtained our brokerage license. But um, it all kind of started like at a university. I was kind of looking at a few different ideas of uh, where I wanted to work. Ultimately, started at uh, a big bank. And um, got exposed to different kind of uh, investments and finance. And that was really cool. And then in 2010, I ended up buying my first investment property with a few friends. Okay. And that's when kind of real estate investing became, you know, uh, a passion of mine in terms of like kind of learning as much as I can about it, joining different investor groups. And um, after buying a couple properties and, you know, with, with a couple buddies who became partners, um, that's where I kind of decided I want to shift my attention from the mortgage uh, sorry, from the banking space to just mortgages, which yeah. is tied to, to real estate. So I learned about the broker channel, yeah. focusing exactly on mortgages. And um, that's kind of how I got into the mortgage space. But real estate investing has been a constant over the last 12 years, different types of projects. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all largely been based around rental, multifamily, yeah. longer term holds. There's been a few projects in between that haven't fit that you know, narrative, but generally that's kind of been the core asset that's been in the the real estate portfolio for sure. For your portfolio? For my portfolio. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Are you still hanging on to most of that stuff that you've acquired? Yeah, right now. I mean, we we have sold property um, over that 12 year period, but I would say in almost every case, it was to move into something bigger. Bigger, yeah, size Um, up. Yeah, because, you know, generally speaking, you know, if if you're generating cash flow, on a rental property and you know you're building in long-term appreciation as well mm-hmm. as principal pay down it's really tough to beat that rate of return yeah. you know 
anywhere else in any asset class oh, yeah. unless you're looking at scaling that, that same asset class. Yeah. Um, so generally we've held, we've, we've sold some property, you know, uh, in situations where we were able to jump into something larger, like a small apartment building. Mm-hmm. Um, those have usually been kind of like the only cases, uh, or maybe like, yeah. you know, we've had a property realize a lot of appreciation over, over a short time period. And then the next step was really to yeah. kind of get involved into like a larger renovation. And we just kind of yeah. decide, you know what, we'd rather take that capital off the table and move it into to something else. So are you in like the like 50 plus unit kind of territory, 100 plus? <laughs> yeah, no, not yet. I'd yeah. say in the earlier days, it was, yeah. you know, duplex, triplex, largely yeah. in the Hamilton area. Um, still look at those projects on a one-off. Like I just kind of completed um, a duplex conversion to a triplex just recently. And okay. uh, Bird, almost all, like probably 95, 98% yeah. of the capital. You guys got the end. good connections to do that, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it takes definitely yeah. like a, a team, yeah. um, you know, someone projecting the end values based on the market now. That's yeah. you know, a little bit tricky with things happening. Super tricky. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'd say, you know, we, we purchased our first um, larger scale, like a 15 unit mm-hmm. in 2015, just closed on a 23 unit uh, a month ago. So now that's kind with of, Abdullah as well. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's with, um, Abdullah and my brother yeah and uh Abdullah's brother actually so uh okay. kind of have a family mix there all right you know you guys like normally like do you have like a handful of different partners on stuff or are you normally like partnered with your brother and Abdullah and, and yeah. that crew yeah so it started with um my my one mortgage partner so we have three partners at our brokerage mm-hmm. myself my brother and Greg Greg Cox okay, okay? And so Greg and I left kind of the banks at the same time. He was at TD, I was at CIBC when we were kind of buying our first property, just buddies for a long time. And we had yeah. a third partner who was involved in construction. So, you know, from, yeah. from 2010 to 2015, we bought properties just kind of together, equal yeah. split. And then, um, you know, we all got kind of busy building our mortgage business. He was building construction mm-hmm. business. Some goals changed, family dynamics you know, in time and attention changed in terms of what kind of projects, you know, we were interested in. So um, just recently I started to do a few partnerships, you know, with my brother uh, on a couple of deals mm-hmm. as well as um, Abdella, kind of that partnership, like we've been in, in partnership with our mortgage and real estate client business. Mm-hmm. But in terms of investing, that kind of changed when uh, my brother and I bought a place in Naples, Florida, kind of during... Yeah. Um, lockdowns and whatnot and and we were spending a lot of time there and luckily we were able to work remotely and so when we realized we were staying there for probably like two months yeah. we were just trying to get people to to drop in and and hang out in florida because we had some space yeah. and um so you know abdullah's brother actually came and he could work mm-hmm. remotely at the time and things were going really well he's you know kind of stayed for like a month and he's like uh, we got to buy a place down yeah. there, right? So naturally, yeah. you know, they purchased the place more for like their own use and a bit of, you know, secondary, uh, sorry, a bit of like kind of short-term rentals, like yeah. when they're not using it. But then just as all of us being real estate investors and having different paths that led up to that point, mm-hmm. just naturally, you know, as an investor, you're just curious about different markets, different locations, what's happening. So with mm-hmm. us spending different more time in Naples, we, um, we just yeah. started to explore opportunities there collectively. And, um, that's kind of what led to us partnering yeah. on that project as well as, you know, mm-hmm. the, the apartment building that was just recent. So you guys, uh, you bought two lots in Naples park, right? Correct. Yeah. In Naples park. Yeah. And then I remember talking to Jacob about the one that you guys bought to stay at when you were there. Uh, that's like South Naples down near, I'm trying to think of what it's called. Tamiami trail. Naples manor. Uh, uh it's so. right in that Naples manor. If you look in the map, yeah. that's where it's coded. It's right yeah. there. It's actually the one that's called Wentworth estates. I think it's okay. in the neighborhood. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's in, in Treviso Bay. I had a Greg actually, uh, yeah. fa- uh buddy's, um, family had a place there. We visited nice. a few times. So you knew people down there. That's why new people down there there, got exposed to community. It's awesome from an investment. It was more investment second, Mm -hmm. um, you know, secondary use first. So that was great. And, uh, it's great home base down there. Okay. So you guys have that rented out on Airbnb? Uh, we, so no, we, that, that community doesn't permit, um, Airbnb. Oh, that's the hard thing with Naples. It's like, there's nowhere you can buy where you can rent out on Airbnb. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So on that front, um, we kind of, we're not super motivated about renting it out. It's not a huge right mortgage now. anyway, right? It's pretty No, it's pretty small. Like, yeah, we got in like yeah. at a really crazy like deal. a good time. Yeah. yeah, very good time. Uh so mortgage isn't beating us up too much. But honestly, just with 
all this uh, without getting political all the uncertainty going on like on this side of you know the world where we are like we just want to keep the option open to be able to just go and stay there right and because we're fortunate enough to be able to work remotely like you know that kind of is an option like all year round like are most of your clients like they just over the phone over the computer or do like, yeah. you know, a lot of face to face too honestly it's almost exclusively phone and email with yeah. myself and my team for our clients some of our partners we might yeah. meet uh in, in person or some events and things like that i was always like a big believer that i needed to meet a client face to face yeah at one point in the yeah. our client journey from intro to yeah. like closing and i've just i know when we were kind of forced to be away with that like yeah. i just realized that it, it actually has no impact on your cl- like mm-hmm. your clients um being happy with your service and referring you yeah um so once we kind of determined that i just realized you can save people a lot of time by not having to jump in the car oh, yeah. commute anytime you meet with someone in person it's usually an hour at least and it's nice to do that. Like, yeah. I, I like to do face to face, but I definitely think that there's a time and a place for for that. And and then of course, if you can do the transactional stuff, just crush it out over the internet, over yeah. Zoom, if you whatever. have a good process yeah. and good communication and other people, like you can't be a, you know, if you want to help a lot of people, you can't be a one person show. No. So if you know you're you're training and developing your team to the same standard and and yeah. expertise as you can, then yeah, you, you know it works, right? But it's something that's constantly got to be revisited, reinvented, and monitored yeah. in order that you're not losing, say, your your secret sauce of what kind of got you busy in the first place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, obviously, like you're, you guys have been very intentional about your brokerage and you know your investor focus. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's a business in itself. It's to separate from real estate. Obviously, it's related. Yep. It's a helpful thing, a helpful, because uh, you probably generate a lot of really good lender contacts because of mm-hmm. being in that business and helping investors. Um, how do you keep that going remotely? Do you find that that's, that that's hard? I know you guys have an office space, mm-hmm. uh, but when you're away in the winter, I guess it's uh, not as busy as it is in the summer months. Yeah, you know what? I think, you know, we're fortunate enough where you know, the longer you're kind of in a space and if you're delivering really, really good service and advice, you're always getting referrals and introductions. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, we've been lucky enough to kind of be busy all year round. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of like, yeah, I'm still a big believer in in culture and being around your team. doesn't have to be every single day, but, you know, we're learning now and we have a it's something that gets beat up all the time working from home is it more productive uh it probably is in a lot of ways is it mm-hmm. is it going to develop and enhance your corporate culture i don't know right uh what's weighted more right they're both important yeah. so i think it's something that with the new norm in this world um we're learning and yeah. um so it it's tough in the sense where you're missing a bit of that that culture that vibe if mm-hmm. you know if your team like to be around yeah. each other and, and, and socialize and crack jokes and and you know yeah. in, in different businesses you can have different stressors so it's kind of a way to kind of de-stress by you know joking around with your you know your partners and, and helping each other it's just yeah you can jump on a zoom you can text you can call yeah it's not always the same as just kind of being sure face to yeah, face exactly. hashing things out so um yeah that that one part of it's something that's got to be monitored i don't i don't think we can operate a business well, 12 months a year remotely there's no right answer to any of this like i think like as we've talked about many times like the world's obviously changed and and people do things differently yeah. now but i like yeah there's still something about being in a room with people you sure. know you, you, i think it's great if you do like little like investor meetups or you do like meetups once a year or whatever and then you can do the uh, the other stuff in uh mm-hmm. you know zoom like for your your team and your employees i probably still a lot of it could be on zoom but yeah yeah and know with clients like you know we have clients we have referral sources and partners we try to now we're finally you know we used to run like quite a few events during the course of the year whether it's for our team a retreat yeah um a boat cruise for our partners our clients our friends and now like that things have like reopened up we can start to plan those things out for everyone and it's just uh, i think people appreciate those things a lot more now so Mm -hmm. um that's uh that's i think really important or it has been in our business and hopefully yeah. we kind of bring that back a little bit more i frequently. haven't started that back up yet i was yeah. doing, the, doing the meetups and I, I don't know those were a lot of work so um i would love to get back into it but you know we're doing the golf tournament this year yeah so that's kind yeah, of that was a, a good time i met some yeah so like it's funny right so sometimes people talk about like oh like you know networking and yeah. like oh like what are you doing you're just socializing but like if you actually enjoy socializing yeah. with people and you care to share your experiences yeah. um man there's there's people take a lot of value out of mm. that and um you meet some great people at that's what i've loved about the real estate community it's probably oh, yeah. kept me in it for so long people i find are so willing to share 
Oh yeah, everybody's just an open book. I mean, not everybody, but I'd say like 95% of people that I yeah. come across are an open book. There's the odd one that I'll talk to. Like, I just can't see the benefit in me. Like, I'm like, you should come on the show. I can't see the benefit in me sharing what I do. Like, I've had people say that. Yeah. But that's rare. Like, yeah. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah, no, I, I think it's... Um there's just plenty of opportunities that are out there. I don't know that people yeah. need to keep their cards close to the vest, but um, mm -hmm. that's what I've really liked about it. You know, at your golf tournament, um, I met, you know, in my group of four that you arranged, you know, your, um, I think it's your brother-in-law, Jake. Yeah, Jacob, yeah. Jake, Sharon, Catano, um, and um, I'm sorry, I forget Was the Was it lot. Paula? Paula. Uh, I feel like we have Paula uh, McFarlane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, maybe yeah. I haven't stayed in touch with her, but the other two, like you know, great yeah. people, um, see them from time to time. Jake's coming to my my turn, and we've talked on a handful yeah. of kind of opportunities, um, mutual clients, things like yeah, that. Yeah, I think you're on Jake's take. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Jake's take. So you build in your ecosystem, yeah. right? And you never know, like if it's a, you know a direct situation where it's going to help you, or you can help yeah. them, or it's helping people within your circle, right? And that's what kind of like. Well, I really like that. So like my mindset's kind of shifting away from I think the original, like I did the Greater Hamilton area meetup and it attracted a lot of very new investors and it was an awesome mix of very new to sophisticated and what i'm really liking now is opportunities like the golf tournament where it's people who i've had maybe a chance to bring on the podcast but mm -hmm. we don't get to talk enough or we yeah. don't we don't see each other enough and it gives us a chance to get together and spend you know whereas today like i'll have four guests and we won't get that much of a chance to talk outside of the episode. We could chat much more at a, you know, over a beer or something. Yeah. At the yeah. end of the day. Now I still haven't worked that out because when we get like 40 people at a golf tournament, it's still hard for me to, to have a lot of quality time oh, with yeah. everybody. Uh, I guess that just means I should do one like four times a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yeah. opening, opening up different kind of, you know, ecosystems yeah. to, to one another, I think is yeah. like, can be so valuable in this line. Like, think about work. what you gain. Like mm -hmm. when you, when you talk to people who think like-minded, but have a different, like a different paradigm, like they look at it a little different than you. So you, you both look at the same problem and see a different solution. Yeah. Like, that's what I love. Like when you can share with like another established real estate investor, okay, here's what I'm working with. Or somebody who's wealth minded, uh, entrepreneurial minded, you know, this is a situation I'm in. Like, what do you think? What would you do? Mm -hmm. And then everybody wins. And yeah. And it's yeah. different when like, you know, you could read up on, on theory yeah. and, and just kind of self-development, different ideas around real yeah. estate, just general business concepts. But like when yeah. you're actually speaking to someone who's doing something different that you haven't really explored and they're actually doing it presently, mm -hmm. you can learn a lot more from like, you know, case studies and, and real world examples, or you can yeah. trust someone that comes from within your circles referring you to someone else it just holds a little bit more weight oh, yeah. um so it helps you kind of advance you know what you might want to look at doing your learning your mindset mm. and then ultimately open the door to things that you didn't think were possible or, or yeah. just get you there faster yeah i know we were talking off camera about like what are the benefits to doing the podcast and i get asked that a lot but i mean i really like think about just like what you said all these people who i know and you know and we all know each other it's a very small community um you 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 meet a really good group of people that are all above board and, mm -hmm. and do good business you know like i love working with people who have something to lose when they when they don't act you know fair you know and uh i think that that's the biggest thing with real estate communities and even more important down in the states yeah because if there's like one in ten people might screw you here it's probably sure five and ten down there yeah, yeah. potentially i don't know yeah. i don't know the exact stat so I, you know what, I've never, I've never heard that before, but I, I really actually like that when someone cares about, you know, their reputation and yeah. their circle and their ecosystem, you're right. They do stand to lose oh, yeah. part of that. And if it's important to them, they're, they don't want to let people around them yeah. down. And I learned that out of necessity. Like I, I started, like, obviously you're in a referral based business. You know how much better it is to get a client from referral than it is out of advertising. Well, I mean, the same thing goes for like pretty much everything. So if you have mm -hmm. a connection to them, it's going to be like, if somebody if we have one degree of separation and somebody knows you and we have a mutual contact like they're gonna be like oh he knows josh you know make sure i take really good care of yep. him you know like that yep i love that stuff for sure yeah so that's a huge huge element of the community so you guys are doing some community events as well like i know you have your golf tournament like we said mm -hmm. um anything else that you're doing, yeah. you're doing meetups and stuff yeah so we've just with like kind of la launching the brokerage we've always kind of been focused mm -hmm. like myself greg and jake on our 
our existing client book, right? And then when we opened up the brokerage, yeah. we have had some people through our investor network, yeah. clients, whatever, come reach out to us about a career in mortgages, yeah. right? So so we did, you know, we do some social meetups probably quarterly on that mm-hmm. front to try to, you know, have our group engage with each other yeah. more often, kind of like what you said with the golf tournament, you know, you chat with people, you kind of keep in touch, but you don't have too much time to go deep on any conversation. Yeah. So we try to keep everyone together as well as invite, you know, invite a friend or a colleague or someone to kind of just yeah. learn a bit more from some people within our brokerage mm-hmm. and a culture we're trying to create so doing that uh we used to run an awesome like really fun event uh in hamilton off the harbor there a boat cruise nice. um and uh we were desperately trying to get it back this year and they um they're out of business so um, um so i mean you know hamilton more so just because yeah. like a lot of our roots and our client base and partners are there yep. so we're looking at um doing one out of toronto so that's going to be pretty fun and Sweet. then um, throughout the year, like usually more on an individual basis, myself or Jake or Greg will like run different educational seminars uh, around investing. You know, one thing I'm working on right now to kind of do more often is just kind of um, the opportunity that exists for homeowners who are mm-hmm. sitting on a lot of equity, who have benefited from the rise of real estate prices, and just kind of opening their eyes. More so the people who haven't, yeah. haven't invested in real estate and have this opportunity to like borrow to purchase a rental property yeah. that they wouldn't have otherwise done and they're kind of conditioned yeah. to believe that paying down my mortgage as quickly as possible is like the only or the quickest path to retiring or financial freedom or yeah. achieving financial goals and it's like no you can actually do both if you actually when done properly increasing the debt yeah. go, you owe against the property to invest in an asset that might return 25 to 40 percent annually will actually get you there way faster and I open your eyes to like so many other things it's hugely important right now i think to have access to your equity in your home and do it now before values potentially come down more Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because then when those values do come down you can leverage take that money and buy cheap real estate like absolutely huge buying opportunity coming i think and i don't think it's coming right away i think that it might take time for for values to come down and i don't know how far they come down uh, but i do think there's a big opportunity coming Absolutely. Like, you know, you're going to have to look at different metrics, right? Cash flow being mm-hmm. one of them, the cost of borrowing being one of them. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, we've already seen a little bit of softening, yeah. but we'll have yeah. to kind of determine where where that leads to. Because like these rate increases have happened so quickly. So Oh, yeah. It, no one knows what to know. do, right? Everyone's yeah. just like frozen, like wondering what to do, trying to figure out, looking around, seeing what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people, I said this in the last podcast, like a lot of people are waiting for the sky to fall. I don't just don't think it happens like that. This is not the stock market. I mean, a lot of people are in the middle of a term with a you know two percent mortgage rate. They don't need to sell. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it could you know when those five year renewals start coming up and people start getting shocked with a two percent increase, maybe mm-hmm. they decide to list. Yeah. But I don't think it's like dire urgency for most. Not at this point. I mean, if rates went to ten percent, then we'd be in a different scenario where, you know, half the population or more would be in a position to probably offload their house. Sure. That wouldn't be good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And who knows where they, they stop? I don't know if you have, uh, you know, a thought on that, how far you think they'll take it. I mean, in traditional economics, I think we would assume that they would stop once we get too far into a recession. But I've heard Bank of Canada say they're just going to keep going until they get inflation under control. So it's going to be exactly when that inflation is going to get in check, when the things around us that we see are, are actually mm-hmm. making a material difference in our, you know, our costs. Yeah. Right. So haven't quite seen that at yeah. all, really. So, I mean... A couple of these rate increases have been so quick together yeah. that like we got to wait like months. wasn't realized yet. Yeah, yeah, a few months. And if they're saying another yeah. one in September, like the yeah. effects were really truly not, aren't going to be factored until end of this year, early yeah, next year. Yeah, to really see what, to really what it's see. doing. Yeah, but, but who knows if that's yeah. their plan to assess it, right? Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I definitely think there's going to be quite a significant impact to, to you know, the economy with that. But, you yeah. know, we got we to gotta wait. I think closer to the end of this year, we'll hopefully have an indication of you know when things might shift back or, or stabilize yeah yeah it's, it's going to be a, an interesting ride for sure i don't know that they can realistically control the inflation um because they'd have to be honest about how much inflation actually is yeah because I mean, we know inflation's underreported how much you know arguable debatable mm-hmm. um so will they fully control it i don't know but uh hopefully they don't have to go too too much higher you know like 1980s rates uh for us yeah, really hoping not because, you know, real estate is a huge driver in yeah. Canada. I don't know how much it was in the in the 80s relative to what it is now. I got to think yeah. now it's got to be much higher proportionally. Oh, yeah. To, like the know? level of debt, even, even yeah. inflation adjusted, the level of debt is, is much higher. So, yeah, to, yeah, despite not having a ton of confidence in, you know, the government, you know, really 
mapping this whole thing out like yeah. fiscally hope that you know at minimum they realize like how much is tied to real estate and, yeah. and while trying to curb inflation looking at different methods of doing that i know yeah. that people you know trying to curb housing prices for how long how long has that been a target in canada and every mechanism they've tried with different mortgage rules uh, has been yeah. has been not Right. addressing the key issue which is you know supply and the key issue is supply <laughs> and, and and now like this one they're not even it's not even about controlling real estate but it is uh, mm-hmm. i mean obviously the you jack interest rates that's probably the first thing it affects yep um you know i think like obviously the idea economically is they're thinking well now more money is going to go into uh, investments that are now yielding higher so it's going to attract people to put their money into investments uh, people who are paying expensive mortgages are now going to save more and then of course a lot of their money is going into their their mortgage their yep. variable rates and um I think of it like a sponge when they increase in, uh, interest rates. They're just a sponge soaking up the extra money in the economy until they can control the inflation. Yep. Um, but it's unfortunate that the reason it was there was because of their own irresponsibility. And now the people with the mortgages are going to pay for it. Uh, but like I said before, I think we got to look at it as an opportunity. And like I, I'm liking to ask guests, guests this, like, what would you do? Like if we if we do have a 50 percent correction over the coming years in total, I mean, I know that sounds extreme and I'm not saying that's what it would be, but even if we're anywhere, anywhere in that ballpark or anywhere in between, you know, 20% and 50, how are, how will you take advantage of that? You know, knowing a lot of people are going to have potentially not as much equity in their properties as they did. I think, you know, what would be important just in quickly thinking about that is, you know, trying to, to put myself in a position where I'm not dependent mm-hmm. on selling yeah real estate and being able to hang on for a long period of time without like yeah. bleeding significantly yeah so you know that part of that starts with controlling your own house like like no pun intended like yeah. your actual financial house yeah right getting that in check maybe you got to revisit a few things maybe you got mm-hmm. to have that uncomfortable you know co- like conversation or just mm-hmm. do an exercise of literally starting from scratch of everything you want to spend yeah. your money on and then further any opportunities that you're looking at um Cash flow is is first. Cash flow yeah, is like weighted so much more now because you have to build in the uncertainty yeah. of of increased borrowing costs. And if we date back to all the times I said cash flow is non negotiable, this is why. Yeah, <laughs> this is one of the reasons There's why. No question. Yeah, yeah, because. Because, yeah, the cash flow is what allows you to weather the storm. Weather the storm, exactly, yeah. That, that's it. Yeah, can you imagine if you bought, like, Toronto, like, at a negative cash flow on a variable rate, <laughs> like, last year? <laughs> well, no, 100%. Like, this yeah. is why, like, you know, you have a lot of people who've benefited yeah. from, you know, spec investing, yeah. new builds, appreciation. I like this area because it just goes up yeah. and up and up, and it worked Until out. it doesn't. But that's yeah. just not a fundamental you know, yeah. uh, metric to really base long-term investing off of. Yeah. I mean, all, despite it working out over the last probably like 10, 10 That's years. That's the you thing. Know? Like people just don't know hard times here. A lot of investors in our circles, like they haven't been around long enough in this game to see the, the hard times. Mm-hmm. You know, I talked to, uh, his name is escaping me out in, in Alberta and he, uh, he was heavily invested before the 2008 fiasco. Mm-hmm. And uh, his mentality is just so much different. It's like, you've never seen a crash. I have. He's like, I, I keep, you know, 35% equity in all my properties just in case. Mm. And uh, it's just a different mentality. People who have seen it versus people who haven't. Yep. And I think about that. I do spend time thinking about things like this. I'm like, wow, they must have a pretty good reason for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I don't, I don't want to see what it looks like, you know, you know, that going through that experience. Yeah. So they yeah. either have yeah. um, a different worst case scenario yeah. than most. Or they actually realize yeah. the worst case scenario can happen. Yeah, it can happen. Whereas I think yeah. people were just like high on on you know appreciation. Yeah, like totally high on it, drunk on it, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, thinking that it would just go on forever. Yeah, and, and that's what I really didn't like the last few years, really since like 2017 when things really started heating up. Um, I didn't like that because. I had a slow and steady approach that worked and then that just screwed everything up because now it's all these spec investors are going in. They're just loving the flipping these properties and making massive gains and yeah. stuff. Uh, you know, slow and steady was perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. It's a great long-term wealth play. Mm-hmm. As long as you have cash flow, you know, they pay you, they go up in value. Yeah. And you talk about like, yeah. you know, getting drunk off of appreciation or yeah. just, you know, maybe initially when you started your investment plan or path, like, you know, you, you had certain fundamentals that you want mm-hmm. to stick to and then yeah, you, you have a couple to change them yeah or like you hit yeah. you know dangerous part is you hit a couple home runs and you yeah. forget that you originally had a plan yeah and now you like you're not yeah. factoring in that worst case anymore because you you hit like these grand slams right. yeah. and you think that's the new norm or like maybe you sat down and were 
faced with it, you yeah. don't, but like subconsciously, like you're just yeah. not thinking and operating the same way with some, some risk and, and protecting uh, what could happen. Yeah. So how are you seeing people from like a mortgage borrowing um, standpoint, people who are mid deal, like what are some of the changes you're noticing now? So a lot of conversations that are kind of, we're always kind of having conversations around like, you know, kind of speculating, what do we think is going to yeah. happen? What should we do? Right. I think don't like to be wishy-washy like to be black and white when possible but the, yeah. at the end of the day it's like really coming back to revisiting one's goals and, and risk tolerance yeah so like i can't sit here and predict where the variable rate uh bank of canada rate is going to be in 12 months yeah. or in 60 months right but i can paint a couple scenarios and then yeah. ask you a question are you comfortable, are you with, comfortable that? with that yeah. how would you feel yeah. if you know uh, the variable yeah. prime rate went up another 2%, but then in yeah. 18 months, it went back down like one and a half percent. And then you ended up taking a fix at five and a half uh, or five and three quarters. And now you have that for yeah. the next five years, no matter what. Um, yeah. There's no, like, it's just, and, and I say in all honesty, it really depends on, on how, well, you, of course, how you right? feel about those kind of things. Because historically, variable is cheaper, right? Like historically yes. over time, but it doesn't mean in your five-year term is cheaper. Correct. Uh, anything could go. Uh, I think that for some people, they're just like, if your cash flow only works if it's at this rate or lower and you wouldn't be able to keep the property at negative cash flow, then there's your answer, fixed rate. Yeah. You know, like yeah. for some people, whereas others would be like, no, half my portfolio is fixed, half variable, I'm comfortable with this, that works. Yeah, yeah, and the other thing too, like uncertainty for me, like variable comes with flexibility with the penalty so exposure. So much, right? yeah, yeah. So I'll always like, the convert, what I say is like, the reasons I make decisions to go variable are not if I think the variable will surpass the fixed or not. It's if you're gonna sell. I'm pricing it in yeah. that it will. Yeah. Like in my worst case scenario and buy a little bit more than usual now. Yeah. What I, I, what's most important for me is that, you know, I look back at the last three years and I'm like, man, that was unpredictable. Yeah. The next five years, like I might not want to sell a property now or plan to hold something long term. Yeah. But looking back three years and looking now, like, hey, I don't know what's going to come up in the next couple of years. All the more reason why I don't want to have a penalty yeah. that's potentially five times oh, more. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because interest rate differential on fixed rates is yeah. terrible. It can be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the things. Like, I would say like, yeah, if you don't have the tolerance fixed rate, but it, I mean, then you're locked in, like you're not selling. So commit to five years then. If, Correct. Or because, pulling if, equity or, you know, yeah. we, there are ways that you there can, are, but you're Well, you're and potentially limited. if rates go up further, then you have no problem. But sure. if rates go down, that's where you're going to pay. Yep. And uh, you got to be ready for that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so now it's a lot harder decision. Like I just did a couple of fixed rates last year and I'm sure I'm glad I did because mm -hmm. I'm like, how can rates get cheaper than they are right now? Yeah. So knowing what's coming, I knew inflation was coming. They are going to have to increase rates. I'm locking in. Yeah. Uh, somehow I have foresight with these issues. I don't know how the rest of the market does it. <laughs> Isn't that something? The Bank of Canada can't figure it out. But yeah. guys like you and I, yeah, inflation's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, so it was an easy decision then, not as easy now, right? So you're probably having a lot more conversations about Big about time, that. right? And it's also, you know, um, from an investing standpoint, you know, what are we hanging on to property? Should we not, yeah. you know, do, do we pursue something now? Do we wait further? Yeah. I'm still, you know, keeping my eyes peeled regardless, again, based on cash flow. Oh yeah, Based and now, now you're gonna have people who come up on a renewal or somebody that was on a variable that, that they're just not gonna wanna hang onto their property anymore and they need to sell. Mm -hmm. um, market's not moving a lot. There's gonna, like, as of right now, there's probably some really great deals to have. Like way better than, than four months ago. Oh, 100, seeing them daily, yeah, seeing them daily. And why not take advantage of that? Because, uh, yeah, I, I mean, as long as it meets fundamentals, because we yep. never know where the bottom is. Yep. For all we know, we've hit it. I, I don't think we have, but yeah, we might have. I would agree with that. I, I think there's there's more it's to come too down. fresh, right? Like yeah. this, this rate increase last week was a huge yeah. one. And if there's another one, there's more that's going to be. Unfolding. Oh, yeah. You just got to think when all the, the renewals between now and the end of the year come up and people start looking at their financial situation saying, maybe it's time to downsize. Yeah. <laughs> or something along those lines. Yeah. Or make an yeah. adjustment. Or make an adjustment else, somewhere right? else. Yeah. Or like, you yeah. know, try to achieve cash flow in another way yeah. maybe there's an, a property an investment to make to yeah. help come back you know a deficit yeah. somewhere else all right so um, i wanted to, to dig into some of your uh specific investments obviously you've got the florida the two builds there yep. and refresh me are you guys thinking about doing more than that or that's your, your your test run and then you might you might scale up after that so it's funny you should mention that in the last week um so now you know you start exploring an area yeah. you do your research you know, we ended up into two projects. We really were only looking for one and it was kind of like mm -hmm. spent like probably two months putting offers, getting outbid. And then we're like, ah, maybe we'll just kind of pump the brakes. we got stuff going yeah. on in Ontario. And then within the matter of a week, two came up that 
fit our metrics, looked great. Uh, we tied them both up and then we're like, you know what? These are both like looking really good. Can we stretch to make both of them happen? So we went with two. We're only looking for one. But as you know, you, you're you're looking at listings and things all the time when yeah. you're in a certain area or, or getting pretty dialed in. So kind of keep those searches going. So we're still monitoring the area, yeah. wanting to see what's happening. And, and we actually tied up a piece of land last week. We have another 30 days. To be completely honest, it can probably go either way if we're going to pursue it. It's it's probably like a smaller mm-hmm. development project. I'm still kind of in Naples. In uh, in Naples, in okay. Naples, just got to see. Like we're still working with a few different builders on and, and zoning to kind of really map out. You know what's the highest and best use. What we can. So this is a development play. If you go, it would be a development yeah. play. We're looking at neighboring properties yeah. for a potential assembly. So and it's a little bit new. Yeah. Like, to be perfectly honest, it's a, it's a new space that we haven't kind of explored. But we got four hungry people doing the research, I you know, love having yeah. the contact. So part of it's like you know that yeah. that you get a little bit of a high off of, of yeah, that, and yeah. it's a learn, right? We might walk away, um, possibly. Not sure. Like got meetings like yesterday, a couple of rest of the week to explore more. So the viability. So. We got the two projects, Naples Park. Those are like kind of the main things going yeah. on right now. We got something else we're exploring as well. Yeah. And when people reach out to me and they ask, where in Naples should I look <laughs> if I want to do Airbnb? There's like one answer and that's Naples Park. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So our realtor, you know, we, we didn't necessarily know that right away, but the realtor we were working with um, identified that as an area because of that specific yeah. reason. No HOA, no condo. Can, and didn't realize how yeah. rare that was. It's like it's non-existent, and every everyone's in a gated community in Naples. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, speaking about Naples makes me want to go there. Although yeah. it's way too hot right now. Yeah, yeah. but I love that 100%. place. <laughs> I can't wait to go back when it's cooler. Actually, yeah. to be honest, in the fall, probably something. Yeah, way like too that. hot right now. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't mind. Like I would take it. I'd take hot, too hot all year round over having cold. I'm so, with you on that one. I'm <laughs> so just take that. me down there. It's just hard with with. Uh, we had a three-month-old, two-month-old when we went down. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I was asking you, when are you coming down? Oh, I got to kind of stick handle this and, yeah. and see, you know, we got to plan this out a little bit. It was pretty more. insane what we did. Yeah. I can't even imagine trying to drive down with him now. But uh, Did you drive? We drove. Oh, you drove. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> four days, four six-hour driving days, which turned into like eight to nine hours every yeah. day, which yeah. was fine. Like, we yeah. were like, okay, we can handle this. Yeah, embrace it for what it's worth. I remember it was like, yeah, it, it was a good time. Uh, Definitely. Hopefully, we can go back down with them in the fall. Yeah. Check on things. We just got to maybe we'll have to fly. I ship sure. the car. Yeah, yeah. I just want to have a car down there. Do you guys have a car down there you leave? or? Uh, I'm thinking that through because we've talked about... Uh, no, my parents have a car there, so they're not there all the time. So yeah. we sometimes kind of work that. But no, yeah. I say it every time. The rental prices are so, so expensive. Stupid. So stupid. Yeah. And I've just been hosed each time. Just like, you know, you get home, you got laundry list of things that you got to do work-wise, business, family, and just like buying a rental car in the US. It just, yeah. it just falls to the bottom of the list. And then you well, regret it when you go. <laughs> the, the flip side of it is... Um, like I know Carmen had had her uh, hers. It's like it's like a 2002 Audi A6. Like we bought it from a friend of ours that had a, had a car down there. Yeah, and uh, it just doesn't get driven enough. That's the real problem. Is you don't want a car sitting for you know months at a yeah. time, right? So that's the the other side of that. Um, I like the idea of shipping my own car down, mm-hmm. like, which you can do, not that expensive. Yeah, so yeah, oh, it depends. If you're going to be there for a month plus, it probably it could make sense to ship it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean the last prices i was paying for yeah what were you paying like it's like over 100 bucks a day right yeah it was yeah, yeah it was like so, uh it was getting close to like three thousand yeah three thousand a month so yeah. you can ship your car for less than that yeah and then have your own ride yeah yeah so exactly something to consider i know we're talking a lot about naples and strategy for investing <laughs> now you're gonna want to have a car down there so yeah <laughs> uh, it's not it's very sprawled down there you got to get around mm-hmm. you can't walk anywhere but uh great place to invest i don't know why so many people from around here are investing down there uh, I know I never shut up about Cape Corals, so and now everybody is investing there. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've connected with a few. Yeah, that's you know, yeah. what is drive? Is it like forty minutes hour from Naples? Yeah, it depends on where. And yeah, but yeah, some forty five, fifty, something yeah. there. Yeah, no, have a lot of clients and people being connected and, and looking at um, yeah. that area specifically. I think just. I don't know. It'll be interesting, you know, if we're talking about that market, right? Yeah. You know, the I remember I heard the stat was like a uh, thousand of people a day were moving to the state of Florida yeah. at one point. I'm sure maybe that hit a peak. Yeah, I heard it was a couple of thousand, and I don't know where it's yeah. at. Yeah, yeah, I don't know where it's at today. But the in migration to Florida is, you know, we talk about all these factors. Like, yeah, you can have declining real estate prices in some areas, but not in others. And I'm not saying Florida won't go down; it could, and, and it probably will to a certain degree, but. We have so many people coming there and not enough housing. Yeah. Like, 
which direction can it really go for long, right? Can it really go down for that long? Yep. Who knows? I don't know the answer to that question, but I'd say there's a good strong force pushing it back up. I yeah. exactly. And that's yeah. why, you know, am I looking at development plays yeah. uh, or speculative? I call it speculative because you're you need to work with an end value that's important for that project, right? Yeah. At some point. And so not knowing, you know, where prices are going to go, it, I call that you know, slightly speculative in this moment today. Yeah. Right. When we bought it, not not 100 percent so much, but those the population um, demographics happening in um, in Florida is like one thing I'm very curious about. It makes me feel a bit more comfortable yeah. with things. And I don't I don't see that changing. Just um it's just state of the world. And, Ron and, drives it though. Ron DeSantis, yeah, right? Like absolutely. if he goes and, and becomes president, then who's he going to replace him? That actually genuinely, like I think about that. I'm like, sure hope it's a, a, a very good conservative value Republican. Well, if, uh, if it's going yeah, to be someone like kind of handpicked by him, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Um, and who knows how that works? Mm-hmm. Because it, it could go the other way. But I, I mean, again, I think it's got a very good conservative base there that's going to keep, you know, keep trying to keep the vol- the politics um, you know, less government rather than more. Yeah. Which is why people wanted to go there. They stayed open. And uh, I don't know. I, to me, I just think like, when are people not going to love the ocean? When are people not going to love warm weather? Like that's not going anywhere. No. And it is, it's a really a question about how much more industry is going to come in and create, um, you know, other employment opportunities in Florida, which I think is, you know, already under in, you know, underway and uh, only going to grow from here. Yep. Yep. And then also, in the future, right? You know, if another event that results in shutting, forcefully shutting down businesses, if it happened once, it could happen again. Of course. If that happens, you know, I'd hope that, you know, Florida keeps its same, you know, kind of principles, right? And that's going to draw yeah. even more people, you know, safety, comfort, freedom, things like that. And and yeah. um, so, I don't know, that that fundamentally in a world that's very, very uncertain right now yeah. uh, holds a bit more weight in my investment decisions. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, nothing's for certain, right? So we all have to like kind of proceed knowing that, you know, you make the best decisions you can. I think, you know, it's good to actually have investments in a couple of states. Yeah. You know, once you learn how to invest in the states as a Canadian, then you can, you know, it becomes easier the more you do it. Mm-hmm. And you'll know how to set up in another state and how yeah. to do that, that kind of thing. So, um, but in terms of your focus now, um, more U.S. or more Canada? I would say it's probably more Canada. Um mm-hmm. Tough, tough to say. You know, my eyes are always like kind of open to opportunities mm-hmm. uh, anywhere in Florida. Um, given the size of these projects relative to, you know, what I have experience with, I'm probably going to pump the brakes, not pump the brakes unless something really nice comes up. But mm-hmm. for, for for some of the, you know, apartment building stuff, some smaller multi-units, I'm, I'm probably looking more in, in, uh, in Ontario, mm-hmm. maybe out West um, in Canada. And yeah. then, um, as we kind of learn, which we are quite a bit in, in, in Florida, every kind of week, there's kind of new experiences happening with uh, mm-hmm. meetings with different builders and, and municipalities and things like that. That might open up my eyes to other opportunities yeah. that are available there. So I yeah. think it's keeping it open, learning, embracing everything that's kind of coming with something new in, in, in a real estate uh, project and see what you can use it for in the future. Yeah, I'm thinking like there's definitely stuff coming. Like maybe people can even start thinking about the 1% rule again. That might actually become a thing again. Hey, maybe 2% rule comes around. With rents coming up and values go down a little bit, maybe, maybe possible. Um, we'll all have to work out the numbers. But uh, yeah, I'm the same, I'm keeping eyes open, still rocking and rolling with Florida. And yep. uh, in right now is kind of like a planning phase for me to sort of build out um some you know close friends and family investors where we're going to basically put some money together and really go to town uh, where we see opportunities because no matter what with with more of a balanced market or even more of a, a seller's market you now get access to those outlier opportunities where there's just not enough eyes on something mm-hmm. and it slips through the cracks and you get a great deal yeah yeah i couldn't uh, i couldn't agree more i think one other thing that um where i'm focusing my attention in the u.s is really ramping up the networking and building mm-hmm. of contacts yeah. who are kind of situated in different markets. So I think that's equally important if you're wanting to build an investment strategy is your your team, your power. So contacts, why you're talking like contractors, brokers, contractors, realtors, real estate investors, right? So communities yeah. like, you know, exposed to a lot of them here, but yeah. in the US, um, just hearing, hearing and learning from people who yeah. have been doing something 
for a long period of time in that market. Did you guys ever go to the RIA in, in uh, Fort Myers, the real no. estate investor meetup? No. How often do they, is it? Twice like, a month. Twice a month. No, yeah. I didn't. They do a luncheon and then they do like their main meetup. I actually really? like the luncheon kind of better. Yeah. But yeah, that's a, that's a sweet resource. And going back to the community thing, big mm -hmm. on that, right? Mm -hmm. Like they have a community. People have been going there for 10 years. You know what they're doing. You know what they're all about. You can follow their track record. Makes it so much more comfortable to work with them. Yeah. In my opinion, like I, the, no, having not. been to the U.S. in like 2012 and got burned by dealing with the wrong people, going back in, it was really important to me. That's uh no, I think I'll take you up on yeah. that uh, next time. <laughs> yeah, if you're down there, go hit them up. I'll, I'll I'll send you the link if you know when you're going to be there. Like, just go meet some people. I can give you some names of people you should chat with. And perfect. Um, yeah, I'm sure that there there's an opportunity in there to connect with people that can mm -hmm. help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the big thing. So, what are you excited about right now? Like, I know you got the Naples stuff. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, you probably have some stuff that was on your mind you wanted to talk about. No, you know what? A lot of the stuff um, we talked about is kind of, you know, my my day to day and where mm -hmm. I'm focusing my attention. I'm yeah, I'm like, I'm excited to see through the you know those Naples projects. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're in the permitting phase um, right now, so eventually we're gonna start moving some dirt. I hope in the next few months. Yeah, that'll be really exciting. Do you have your drawings already? Uh, yeah, they just yeah. got they just got uh, sent in. Okay, and and, and the guy you're working with, did he have a template build that he likes that you were starting from, or was this from scratch, completely from scratch? Uh, no, they had they had templates that they worked on. Yeah. So th so this is part one of, of their, their models. Yeah, yeah, so they've done a few yeah. other projects and builds, and actually one of my contacts that I built in Naples, um, coincidentally, uh, is like probably eight months ahead doing the exact same thing. Yeah. that we are doing so he shared you know builder contact we got a few other we interviewed like three or four yeah. and we landed on this one plus he's kind of into it already eight months ahead yeah. so that was a really good kind of person to piggyback off of in terms of like resources and research and where it really worked was like doing the market research on the airbnb like future rental figures and when i spoke to him about you know the numbers that he was running low end high end and yeah. ours were like identical um that's where I kind of felt in sync with, yeah. you know, this contact as an investor and kind of valuing the same things and in, mm -hmm. in just real estate investing in general and how they run their numbers, being more conservative and things like that. So um, that's yeah. really exciting for me right now. Um, still kind of, uh, you know, my brokerage is, you know, is, is a big part of kind of my yeah. day to day. And I'm always excited about different clients we could help, you know, developing and, and, and building our team that we have right now and adding, yeah. you know, new people and mm -hmm. then our bro and then, you know, agents so that's what i'm excited about we're at a really cool cool time right now with our brokerage where it's uh we're really starting to grow a lot more in a side of the business that we didn't really plan on that's outside of our you know our client book it's it's helping other professionals um build their own business which serves interesting um, yeah. yeah which serves real estate and and for most people you know buying a home or investment property is a huge mm -hmm. financial milestone oh, yeah. so kind of multiplying that with with others who can kind of guide them through that is it's pretty mm -hmm. exciting Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, that's awesome. I know you're very busy and like, you know what, one of the reasons that I liked, you know, and I wanted to have you on is, you know, it's, it's not just about real estate. Like I think entrepreneur, entrepreneurship is what leads people into real estate. So I, a lot of real estate investors maybe don't think of themselves as entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. but that's what we're in the business of. Like we're, we're, we're basically satisfying customers Yeah, and, uh, doesn't always go exactly the way we think we will, but, or it will. Um, but you being in the mortgage business, obviously there's, there's, things that cross over help you in this business. And it's interesting to see how there's synergy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's why you called it that, right? That's it. Yeah. yeah. We knew it. <laughs> um, no, no, no question. You know, at the end yeah. of the day, every, every business entrepreneur usually is helping yeah. someone solve a problem yeah. um, or help build a plan or, or whatever yeah. the case may be. But yeah, no, I, I'm extremely fulfilled getting to work yeah. kind of in this space and, and um, it being, you know, tied to real estate, which I'm very passionate about as an investment vehicle to, you know, achieve, yeah. different financial goals or opening your eyes to what can be possible for you, your family, yeah. your loved ones. Um, cause it can be a huge driver that so many people don't, don't know about. And often, um, misconceptualize is that, is that a word in terms yeah. of like, you know, just thinking of like all the, the mainstream media articles of all around just appreciation and speculation buys and not yeah. like, not like fundamentals that really yeah. drive real estate. Um, yeah, you know what? I almost got like FOMO with all the speculators out there. I, like, I'm just, I never do that. I'm like, well, maybe yeah. I should. No, yeah. <laughs> no, you never should. Um, 
yeah the, like the mainstream message is it just seems like it's rarely the right one like they don't yep. they don't teach these fundamentals uh, in schools that's for darn sure right you know it's it's really cool how these podcasts have all popped up that do teach it and yep. you know you guys like provide content and education too and uh you know teaching people stuff that hopefully one day they can you know learn in school or you know learn from their parents yeah yeah, no, that's the thing. That's yeah. the missing piece. And it's no fault of anyone, right? It's just yeah. you, you naturally don't get exposed to it unless it's within your own circle or, or you're yeah. really passionate about, you know, say self-development that leads into one area or another yep. and get to real estate yeah. um, in school. You know, you, you don't learn about that. You go into your yeah. bank typically as your first kind of financial um, exposure to finance, let's say. And it's like, yeah. okay, invest in mutual funds or GIC, ride it out for 25 years. You're going to invest through this. Hopefully and that never made sense to me. I saw those returns. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. And then <laughs> like, how are you going to get ahead doing that? <laughs> and then, yeah, and by 65, yeah. hopefully your mortgage paid off. Yeah. And then you can retire and then start living the life for yeah. you and your family that, you know, you've always wanted. I've like, pretty hey, much said F that to that plan since I was like, elementary school i'm like that doesn't make sense yeah but <laughs> and i never knew what i was going to do though it's it's yeah. the norm in north America. Yeah. that's kind of the plan that's presented and, and yeah. you know i just i think exposing people to another plan uh that could help yeah. accelerate getting to where you want to be and not saying hey i'm going to do yeah. all these things when i'm 65 maybe you know um can be achieved much sooner Right. So is that, is that your goal? Like, are you looking for like a financial freedom number in your portfolio or like, I mean, I'm not saying that you would stop working because you probably enjoy what you do, but are you looking for like, Hey, once I hit this number, then I never need to work. Or is that not in the radar? No, that's not in the radar. I think, uh, kind of, you nailed it. Like I enjoy everything that I do that comes with real estate investing and helping clients on the mortgage side and building a team. That's a lot of fun for me. There's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of you know, um, highs that I get from that. So I, I really enjoy the challenge of building, morphing, developing a business yeah. and pe- the people around it is everything. Right. So yeah. that's really cool. But really like, I, I think it's, it has to do with, you know, if there's opportunities in front of me that I can pursue, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like my duty to try to pursue them. Yeah. Right. And then, because ultimately, you know, my business coach kind of helped unlock this for me, uh, you know, late last year. Um, it's, it, it just kind of, you know, if I can, if I can explore more opportunities and I benefit, you know, say financial, I can help more people around yep. me. Right. Absolutely. So why am I not looking to do that? If I just think about what the byproduct is of, of me pursuing building, you know, my wealth and my resources and my network, yeah. I can pass that on to other people and it can make mm. a real difference in their world. Like, you know, see, I'm not saying I'm a direct representative of it, but you know, people on our team, like obviously real estate investing is like a huge thing between me and Jake. I don't yeah. know if you can go like half hour without real estate coming up, yeah. but our team, you know, while they're helping our clients, like, you know, almost everyone on our team has like purchased a rental property, a lot of young yeah. professionals yeah. and that like is a big sense of pride and i felt that's like a huge accomplishment like seeing you know because i know maybe not today it's not like mm-hmm. uh stack in the bank account but in the future what that's yeah. going to lead to i know it's going to change their life right and so that yeah. is something that like i think just bringing more opportunities educating learning yeah. showing through like clients that we're helping and other people like yourself and people within our ecosystem seeing what can be possible yeah. uh just exposing people to it because yeah. they don't naturally get access to that uh just on their own a lot of times yeah plus it's more fun once you get to talk to people who are doing it too yeah (laughs) you you have something in common with them you can share best practices you learn from each other yeah it's great getting other people into it yeah uh, and then you all grow together so yeah especially if you're a student right and you want to learn yeah and you're actually are interested in in how yeah and why people are doing things a certain way uh, oh yeah comes to investing yeah exactly so uh josh where do people uh find you reach you yeah just good old-fashioned emails one josh at synergy mortgage group.com instagram underscore perez josh those are probably the best uh, two channels to uh to find me cool man we'll include those in the show notes description thanks for coming over and uh, having a chat it was fun awesome thanks for thanks for having me andrew thanks for tuning in to today's episode please make sure to share this episode far and wide help it help more people i really appreciate you tuning in i'll see you on the next one